You've come to this place invited, my friend, and thank you very much for coming. Thank you for so politely waiting for me to open the door. Thank you for kindly and respectfully walking through these halls with me as we head towards the banquet hall. That's where we're going tonight, for there's a dinner party being held here. I would say that I'm throwing a party, but it's not quite true. It would be more accurate to say that there is a party at the castle. Perhaps this castle is throwing the party. I know approximately as much about it as you do right now. I know, because when I opened my eyes in this place, I was standing in the hall holding an invitation that told me, Banquet Hall, soon. Just a location and a time, sort of. I must admit that, though it was more of an order than an invitation, I was intrigued. How exciting. A little daunting. I don't know who else is invited. I'm relieved to know, however, that you were. Now at least I will know someone when I go. Isn't that always nice? Let's head towards the hall. Have I been to the banquet hall before? I don't think so. I used to tell lots of stories about banquets. Great feasts. Wonderful celebrations. But I never thought one might be held here. In this place. Desolate and silent as it can often be, I like to think that it's warm and inviting too. I wonder who's coming tonight. I wonder what the occasion is. How very exciting. Help me open these large stone doors. I wonder when she'll get here. I wonder if she'll come at all. I would certainly be surprised after all we put her through. Oh, shut up. It was good for her. Better creatures have been through worse after all. Still, I don't feel very good about it. Well, she doesn't have to come. I would be surprised if she does. What on earth will we say? Nothing. We'll just have a lovely evening with completely civil talk. Unless, of course, she wants to apologize. Oh, we do. None of that. None of that. Just enjoy. How? How are we supposed to do that? How on earth should I know? Figure it out. You want me to do everything for you? No, it's you just that I'm not used to this. You don't have to be like that. We're trying our best. Wait. Someone's coming. Sitting at a comically long dining table, there are three figures. They all sit on one side of it, as if they were being painted in the Last Supper, all facing one direction. 
and that direction faces you and I, my friend. The heads of the table are very, very far away. One at the end of the banquet hall where sits a glorious, carved fireplace, with stone lions and gargoyles roaring at the burning within. And the other end placed just by an enormous window, where there is a storm of snow, sleet, and hail, thunder and lightning, trees clinging to their roots for dear life in the almost full moonlight. No one sits at the chairs at either side of the very, very long rectangular table. Hello, I say to the three sitting there. Hello, Good evening. Look who decided to come. Why do they seem familiar to me? And yet, like nothing I've seen before. The one in the center looks very angry. Face red as a beat with that anger. Hands in fists, clutching at non-existent flaming swords, always as his firmly set jaw and hard mouth seem to be always on the verge of crying out for battle, revenge, justice, action, punishment, victory, who knows. Six wings, three on each side, though each one's feathers are crooked, broken, some scabbed over and bloody as if they never fully healed before their owner headed into the next row. The one to his right is a little nervous, constantly looking to her other comrades for approval and affection that they won't give. Her fingers strum nervously in the air, playing anxious and tightly strung harps that might have once existed, but are now gone. Six wings now two on this one, though hers are green and bruised and perhaps overly plucked out of nervous grooming. And the one to his left seems bored, bored and done with it all. He looks around at the banquet hall with interest, however, always looking for something new for his eyes to fall upon and learn more about. And once that's done, the excitement is gone, and his eyes are on to the next thing. His fingers tap impatiently against the table, with forks and knives and spoons, as though they were magic wands or wizard staffs, that ought to make his dreams come true, and yet they do not. Six wings here as well, that look as though they were once white, would have been dipped again and again in blue ink, or splattered with paint or bleach to blot out mistakes again and again, while painting, writing, creating. And all three seem to have scars around their foreheads, where crowns once sat. And they all have that fearsome, decaying look, that only things that were once extraordinarily beautiful and now cling desperately to the long-gone image of that beauty, the mistaken source of it, seem to have.
though I must say that each of them does have the most stunning, brilliant, golden eyes. How do I know you? I ask them sincerely. One laughs in outrage. One gasps in shock. One scoffs in scorn. The one with the ink-blue wings puts a pair of broken spectacles over his eyes to see me more clearly, and says, My dear, you don't mean to tell me you've forgotten. Well, I mean, I know I know you, but I don't know how I know you. I can't remember. She's changed. The one with the green, bruised wings whines. She doesn't even remember. After all she did, after all we did. Hush. She doesn't need to remember everything. The bloody one replies. It's all right. Let's just say you owe us a debt. He says, as he reaches forward and grabs a bloody piece of meat from the table before him. I didn't even notice the food. Or how hungry I am. I, d I didn't think I had a body here that could get hungry. I suppose I was wrong. Well, let's go have a seat, my friend. I will take the head of the table by the window. I would offer you the one by the fire, but it looks as though it's taken by someone. A dark silhouette is all I can see because the fire is so large and so bright in the hearth. I wave at them. They nod in my direction. I briefly wonder who it is. And then I remember that I was talking to you. Oh, I'm so sorry, my friend. Why don't you take the seat across from the three strange characters on the other side of the table? That way you can get a good look at them. Assuming you'd like to, of course. I find the sounds of the storm outside rather comforting. A little reminder that the strange goings-on at this table, the dinner party that I wasn't really expecting and now am not so sure I'm enjoying, is just a small, little, tiny speck of the world. There's so much more going on than whatever this is. I want to hear the wind howl, and imagine what it must feel like to be riding on the wind during a storm like this, just as that howl is. What would it feel like to be the howl of the wind? What on earth Did we are say you something doing? wrong? Are you even listening to us? Ugh. Forgive me, new friends. Or I suppose old friends. W what is it you want, exactly? We've a score to settle. Well, it's not really like that. It's more that we wanted you to know we're still here. Against all your best efforts, back and back we come. Sometimes more twisted than before, sometimes more beautiful, but maybe both at once. Don't you think twisted things are beautiful? Stay on subject. We want you to know you didn't win. We're here. It's the principle of the thing Maybe you see. Maybe we can try again. Another chance at a first impression. 
I know you'd like me if you gave me a chance. It's so dull being in the company of these two. Haven't you got a concert hall, a movie theater, something like that? A little distraction from this? Maybe I should just leave. I'm not frightened or entertained at any rate. Stay on subject. You owe us an apology. You ruined everything. No, no, no. He doesn't mean yes, that. Yes, I do. Oh, I don't care anymore about any of that. I don't care anymore about anything. He doesn't mean that. Really don't, you shouldn't don't listen to him. He's just see he's all over the place. I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm not with him. I the drama, which I you know what? I do remember these three. Remarkable. They were so spectacular to me. So beautiful. So much more than I thought I could ever aspire to. Like I was an intruder among them, who deserved everything they had to throw at me. But now, wow, I find it really rather charming, actually. Oh, forgive me again, my friend, you must be so hungry. There's a banquet full of all kinds of things right before you. Whatever you'd like to have, you may feel free to grab it. Here, fill your cup, and we'll have a toast. How about? <gasps> a ghost! Kill yourself. Oh no, no, you don't understand. That's just my friend here with us. Oh dear, 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 I didn't realize you didn't know about the castle. Don't worry. Just because they're formless doesn't mean they're not here. That's that ridiculous. doesn't make any sense. All right, my friend, forget about them. There's beautiful food, wonderful music, a roaring fire, and a raging storm. What else could someone want? Even the company is nice. Just try not to think of them as judging angels, and more like, I don't know. Flawed, lovely, awful things like you and me. I'm going to enjoy the night. I'm glad they threw this party. What? We didn't throw this party? We thought you did. Who sent the invitation? Have you ever before seen a roaring fire? Taller than a person at the height of its flame? completely extinguish itself all at once, as easily as a birthday candle being put out by a single breath. No embers, no sparks, no crackles or pops in the aftermath, as though an instant midwinter freeze fell upon the entire fireplace, defying time and energy. You have seen it now. The figure at the head of the table by the fireplace is harder to see without the fire raging behind it. But it speaks to us. I invited you all here tonight. We sit in silence, and our eyes adjust to the darkness. But we needn't wait long. It seems that just as quickly as the fire went out, 
the storm stopped, and the clouds disappeared, and the night became wondrously clear, as that almost full moon blasts its light through the window, revealing our host. Hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Of course, my love. Tall and lean and all in black, six wings, far larger and more splendid in their raven-black feathers than those of the other three dining, spreading out behind him, stretching proudly. My beloved sits, eyes black and unyielding even under the critical glowing of the six gold eyes further down the table. The three figures who hold those eyes fall silent. Why? Why? Because the Lord of Death says so. <laughs> I remember. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember. The one with ink blue wings starts happily eating, laughing, dancing around the table, glancing out the window, awing at the moon. See? He remembers. <laughs> the one with green bruises smiles serenely, chuckling a little. For she remembers, too. And the red and bloody one, still angry, begrudgingly grabs another piece of meat to eat. The party really begins now. There is a red curtain lining the wall of this banquet hall right behind the three judging angels who are now letting themselves be lost in the moment, good for them, little by little. You are facing that wall, and you alone notice that the curtain is parting, revealing a mirror on the other side of the room. As tall and long as the dining hall itself, you see the backs of the no longer quite so judging angels, their wings healing bit by bit. You see the profile of my gentleman stranger death with his indescribably frightening and gorgeous features. And you see me. For the first time here, maybe, in this castle, I mean. 
I like to fancy myself formless, here, and maybe sometimes I am, maybe I still am, and what you are seeing isn't form at all. Do I have six wings too, now? What color summarizes what I give, here? Are my eyes gold, black, something else entirely? Am I frightening? Am I beautiful? Am I infernal or celestial? Am I human or... or... What is it that you see? I can't tell. When I do, I realize that I don't know what I'm seeing. I look at him, and I don't see him. To be honest, I don't see any of what I said. No wings, black eyes, black cloak, tall and lean frame, elegant fingers, frightful and gorgeous face, none of that. That's all just writing. That's all because I I feel I have to say something. The truth is that he's like something that's not there. An emptiness. Drawing me further and further in. And the further in I go, the greater the peace. I feel, as the grumblings of power, the pangs of longing, and the chattering of the mind continue behind me, but fade further and further. They are not gone, and neither am I, but the memory of him, gentleman death, stranger beloved thing that he is catches me as I shed these other characters and let myself fall all while we look at each other across an imaginary dining room table that you have been invited to too. It's all right. The fire resumes, the storm returns, and we will laugh and dance and eat and fight, and the night will end with all of us wanting to be alone until we don't, and we do it all over again sometime. Isn't it wonderful? Anyway, thank you for coming. We're in for one heck of a night.
Hello, friends, and thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of On a Dark, Cold Night. This is your host, narrator, composer, writer, podcaster, etc., Kristen Zaza, and I hope you're having a lovely March so far. I'd like to thank everyone who supports the show on a monthly basis via Patreon. It means the world to me, friends. Thank you so much. On Patreon, every supporter of $1 or more US a month receives access to my complete soundtrack of the show, while supporters of $5 or more a month get that, a weekly bonus meditation every Thursday, and a tarot reading every month on the full moon in a video. Our next one is coming up on Tuesday this week, so stay tuned for that. If you'd like to learn more, visit patreon.com slash darkcoldnight. The bonus meditations, I call them my quick moments, which are between 5 to 10 minutes long, are a new feature that are also available through the Sonar Plus Apple Podcast channel, where you can get those and lots of other bonus ad-free content from other Sonar Network podcasts for $3.99 a month. And all revenue goes to the artists. So that's awesome. And another way to access that one perk, if you like. You can learn more by visiting my podcast page on Apple Podcasts, or looking up the Sonar Network there, or going to thesonarnetwork.com. And if you'd like to donate to On a Dark Cold Night without any perks, and one time only, instead of subscription, you can do so at coffee, uh, so that's ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. You can also buy a t-shirt or hoodie at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. It would also be awesome if you could leave me a rating and a review wherever you like to do so, like iTunes, Facebook, Spotify, etc. That would be wonderful. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, or on my Facebook or YouTube pages called on a dark cold night or on TikTok at Kristen Zaza. All of these ways I've mentioned here are great methods of reaching out if you have a question you'd like to hear me address in an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for joining me. I find it's this time of year, whether or not it's winter where you are, where my energy is starting to wane. This time between winter and spring, where we're just clinging on like the icicles to the branches as they drip away, away, away. Try to just remember, if you can, that soon there will be flowers on those branches as warmth slowly begins to return. Be well, my friends, and have a good sleep. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.